1: The manifest presence of God is an antidote to loneliness. How do we combat loneliness? How do we fight loneliness? What is God's remedy for loneliness? Do you feel lonely? First of all, the good news, the good news is you are not alone. That seems, that sounds somehow. But you see, you are not alone means here that you are not the only one who feels like that. There are others who feel like that. But also there is healing to your negative feelings. Again, if you are dealing with a feeling of loneliness, remember that you are not alone. You are not the only one. Adam felt lonely. Prophet Elijah felt lonely. Hannah, Samuel's mother, felt lonely. Remember how she won't eat Her husband said, "Am I not more than ten sons to you? Am I not worth more than ten sons to you?" Ah, That didn't really fly with her. She felt lonely. Everybody was eating and drinking in the house of God. She couldn't eat. She couldn't drink. She felt alone. She felt lonely. King David many times in his life felt lonely. We see it when King David was at the Cape of Adullam when he ran to the cave. Because King Saul was after him and there was no one with him until his family came around and supported him. Jesus Christ, our Savior, had felt lonely before. My father, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? I've prayed all day, all night. You haven't heard my prayer. Jesus felt lonely. And when Jesus felt lonely, things were not quiet. Hell was against him. The devil was there. In fact, if you read this Psalm 22. But before we read this. We remember that. Uh, everybody fled from him. Hmm? Everybody. His disciples ran away. And the one that did not run away. Peter that followed him. He ended up denying. So he was. He was left alone. As if that was not enough. His father. Looked away from him as if forsaking him. And these are expressions of the feelings of Jesus and of the things Jesus had to deal with as he was in the battle for our salvation. Psalm 22, verse 1 says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime and you do not hear. In the night season, I'm not silent. But you are only enthroned in the praises of Israel. Amen. Whenever you feel lonely, feel alone, and it seems as if God is far away from you, remember that God is holy. He will not do anything to destroy your life. Amen. And if you come down to verse 11, Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus says, Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Sometimes nobody can actually help. Even though they want to help, they can't help. Hallelujah. You are in a place that nobody can get to. Far away, somewhere, nobody can help you. Even though if they wanted to help you, they would not be able to help you. And verse 12 says, Psalm 22, verse 12 says, Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of bashing have encircled me. This is Brinkanet Jesus saying these. They gap at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength is dried up like a pot shed, and my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of death, for dogs have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, Lord, do not be far from me, All oh, my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. And verse 21 says, Save me from the lion's mouth and from the arms of the white oxen. And it says, You have answered me. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So it's one thing to feel lonely when things are quiet, when life is quiet. Nothing much is going, going on. There is another thing entirely to feel lonely when battles are raging. When you have things you have to contend with and it seems nobody is around. God is far away. That is when it becomes really, really crushing. And it was for Jesus. It was. You see the presence of the Lord was even there in the grave. Amen. The presence was there. The presence of the Lord was there even in the grave. Even in the valley. Even in the depth of the sea. No matter how deep it is. No matter how deep it is. The Lord is there with you. No matter how high it is. No matter how high it is. No matter how far it is. Far to the west. Far to the east. high of the heavens. Deep in hell. The Lord is there. The psalmist says wither shall I go from your presence? Even if I fly away, you will be there with me. If I go to the depths of the earth to hell, you will be there with me. There is no place where the Lord cannot reach. The presence of the Lord will be with you to the Say, I will be with you to the uttermost. The presence of the Lord, an antidote to loneliness. So if you feel lonely, If you are struggling with a feeling of loneliness, Adam, the first one created, had a struggle with that or was about to have a struggle with that and the Lord knew it and said, it is not good. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a help suitable for him. Prophet Elijah felt lonely and instead of committing suicide, he asked God, take my life, kill me. King David many times felt lonely. And Jesus had the same feeling. So you are not alone. And the good news is the Lord is able to deliver you from that feeling of loneliness. In Jesus name. Amen. So when God noticed the loneliness of Adam. Or an attempt to prevent it. The Lord said it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him helper comparable to him. That's Genesis 2.18. When Elijah the fearless, fiery prophet slipped into a period of loneliness and fearfulness, God noticed it and stepped in. How did God step in to the loneliness, to the feeling of loneliness of Elijah? Let's explore that. Let's explore that. First Kings 19. Here we have a story of Elijah the prophet. Elijah the prophet had just uh, Dealt with uh, uh, 450 or so uh, prophets, false prophets of Baal, and um, single-handedly faced them all by himself, maybe with his servant there, you know, faced up with 450 false prophets and took them down, took them down by himself, all alone. And he had just prayed for rain to come back, and rain had just fallen. After three and a half years, he had performed many miracles and experienced many miracles in his own life and in the lives of others. This is the background before we come to 1 Kings 19. And in 1 Kings 19, we hear of Heab telling Jezebel his wife. Jezebel was not just, you know, the queen. Jezebel was also a witch. In fact, you understand that better when you read Revelations. Jezebel was a witch. She had not just political, social power; she had spiritual power, and she was a force behind her her husband. And when she heard that what what her husband said, she said, or she sent a message to Prophet Elijah. I'm going to kill you. And the scripture says, when Elijah saw this, not only when Elijah heard it, when Elijah saw this, meaning he actually saw something, much more than hearing something. He saw things moving. He saw things taking place. What did he do? He ran for his life. He ran for his life. Someone that was able to face powerful men, and I performed many miracles. Now ran away from a woman, just one woman. In fact, he left his servant, or his servant left him, and he ran for his life. So what did God do? Of course, God noticed that his servant, who had you know performed or who had been you know, active in the work of the Lord, was down, was downcast, feeling lonely. So what did the Lord do? We read from verse 4, 1 Kings 19 verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he prayed that he might die and said, it is enough. Now, Lord, take my life or I am no better than my father's. The Lord kill me. Then in verse 5, he lay down and slept. And suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. Then he looked, and there in his head he had a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel came back the second time, touched him and said, "Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for you." So he arose, ate and drank, and he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. So what did God do? For his servant that was lonely, that was downcast, that was fearful of life that was depressed. What did the Lord do for him? The Lord recognized it first. Amen. The Lord noticed it. The Lord came to his help and fed him. The Lord fed him. Amen. Remember the scripture that says, we have an altar to eat from. We have an altar to eat from. The Lord feeds his people. So the Lord came to Elijah, who was tired, who was weak, emotionally weak, spiritually weak, physically weak, psychologically weak. He was weak. He felt alone. He thought he was the only one fighting the battle. And the Lord came and fed him. Not just once, twice fed him well. If you feel lonely, if you feed on the word of God, feeding on the word of God is feeding on God.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.